0: Chapter sixty-nine of Mister Sponge's Sporting Tour, by Robert Smith Surtees. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter sixty-nine: How other things came off. Twere hard to say whether Lucy's joy at Sponge's safety or Lord Scamperdale's grief at poor Spraggon's death was most overpowering. Each found relief in a copious flood of tears lucy sobbed and laughed and sobbed and laughed again and seemed as if her little heart would burst its bounds the mob ever open to sentiment especially the sentiment of beauty cheered and shouted as she rode with her lover from the winning to the weighing post ah she's a un! exclaimed a countryman looking intently up in her face she is that cried another doing the same three cheers for the lady shouted a tall shaggyford rough taking off his woolly cap and waving it. "'Hooray! Hooray! Hooray!' shouted a group of flannel-clad navvies. Three for the white jacket!' then roared a blue-coated butcher, who had won as many half-crowns on the race. Three cheers were given for the unwilling winner.
1: "'Oh, my poor dear Jack!'
0: exclaimed his lordship, throwing himself off his horse and wringing his hands in despair, as a select party of thimble-riggers who had gone to Jack's assistance raised him up and turned his ghastly face, with his eyes squinting inside out, and the foam still on his mouth full upon him. "'Oh, my poor dear Jack!' repeated his lordship, sinking on his knees beside him, and grasping his stiffening hand as he spoke, his lordship sank, overpowered, upon the body. The thimble-riggers then availed themselves— of the opportunity to ease his lordship and Jack of their watches and the few shillings they had about them, and departed. When a lord is in distress, consolation is never long in coming. Lord Scamperdale had hardly got over the first paroxysms of grief, and gathered up Jack's cap, and the fragments of his spectacles, ere Jawleyford, who had noticed his abrupt departure from the stand, and scurry across the country, arrived at the spot. His lordship was still in the full agony of woe, still grasping and bedewing jack's cold hands with his tears oh
1: my dear jack oh my dear jawleyford oh my dear
0: jack sobbed he as he mopped the fast-chasing tears from his grisly cheeks with the red cotton kerchief
1: oh my dear jack oh my dear jawleyford oh my dear
0: jack repeated he as a fresh flood spread o'er the rugged surface
1: oh what a treasure what a tr-, tr trump he was she'll never get such another nobody could s- slang a feel as he could no he, huh, humbug about him never was uh, such a fine natural bl- bl- blaggard
0: and then his feelings wholly choked his utterance as he recollected how easily jack was satisfied how he could dine off tripe and cow-heel mop up fat porridge for breakfast, and never grumbled at being put on a bad horse. The news of a man being killed soon reached the hill, and drew attention of the mob from our hero and heroine, causing such a spread of population over the farm, as must have been highly gratifying to Scourgefield, who stood watching the crashing of the fences and the demolition of the gates, thinking how he was paying his landlord off. Seeing the rude, unmannerly character of the mob, Jawleyford got his lordship by the arm and led him away towards the hill, his lordship reeling rather than walking, and indulging in all sorts of wild, incoherent cries and lamentations. "'Sing out, Jack! Sing out!' he would exclaim, as if in the agony of having his hounds ridden over. Then, checking himself, he would shake his head and say, "'Ah! Oh,
1: poor Jack! Poor Jack!' she'll never look upon his like again she'll never get such a man to read the riot act and keep all square
0: and then a fresh gush of tears suffused his grisly face the minor casualties of those few butchering spasmodic moments may be briefly dismissed though they were more numerous than most sportsmen see out hunting in a lifetime one horse broke his back another was drowned in parvo was cut all to pieces his rider had two ribs and a thumb broken while farmer slyfield's stackyard was fired by some of the itinerant tribe and all its uninsured contents destroyed so that his landlord was not the only person who suffered by the grand occasion nor was this all for mr numboy the coroner hearing of jack's death held an inquest on the body and having empanelled a matter-of-fact jury men who did not see the advantage of steeplechasing either in a political commercial agricultural or national point of view and who having surveyed the line and found nearly every fence dangerous and the wall and brook doubly so returned a verdict of manslaughter against mr viney for setting it out who was forthwith committed to the county jail of Limbo Castle for trial at the ensuing assizes from whence letters join the benevolent clerk of arraigns in wishing him a good deliverance Many of the hardy tips sounded the loud trump of victory, proclaiming that their innumerable friends had feathered their nests through their agency. But Peeping Tom and Infallible Joe and Enoch Wriggle, the Offending Soul, etc., found it convenient to bolt from their respective establishments, carrying with them their large fire-screens, camp-stools, and boards for posting up their lists, and setting up in new names in other quarters, while the Hen Angel was shortly afterwards closed and the presentation tureen made into white soup. So much for the small deer. We will now devote a concluding chapter to the great guns of our story. End of chapter 69